Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I'm doing quite fine. 73 days till the fictitious start of fall camp. That is true, but you don't have to wait 73 days if you want to get a Built Bar. Let me tell you, Built Bar. I, I, I ate some last best. night. Yeah, they're I ate delicious. like three last night. And they've got like four new flavors. Uh, I mean, like peanut butter, banana. I mean, it just sounds awesome. That was the best one. That was the yeah. best one, by the way. Yep. Uh, www.builtbar.com. Builtbar.com. Go check them out. Uh, put the promo code locked on in and you'll get 10% off. Um, I think they're running a special where you get another 5% off right now, too. So go check them out. Builtbar.com. Absolutely delicious. Fewer carbs than something like a Cliff Bar. Certainly fewer carbs than like a Rice Krispie Treat. So, I mean, that's positive. And it tastes better. It's absolutely delicious. Jimmy and I have had them. Uh, we would not lie to you people. Two thumbs up. Four thumbs up. There are two of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. All four. And if I, had, if I had one of my good friends who's an Auburn fan with me, it would be... 14 and a half, no, no, five and a half thumbs up because 14 and a half because he you lost know, half a thumb in a boating accident. But oh my goodness, it, that's you know, it, it, that, that, that's something you know, if you put two thumbs up, it looks sort of dorky, but one thumb up is kind of cool. No, you know, just, that's just my opinion. Like, if you're like looking at somebody and you're trying to tell them that things are okay and you flash a sign to them, I think when you do two thumbs up, it's sort of really dorky looking. But if you just do one thumb up, that's fine. That's that's still cool. You can do one thumb up. Like, hey, it's all right. One thumb. But two thumbs up, you're like, put put down one of the thumbs, dork. No, I agree with you. Two thumbs up is like, it's overkill. It's overkill. Um, so, Jimmy, you know, it's funny. We cut the podcast last week, uh, the last one last week, and we started talking about how interesting it was that USC and Ole Miss had scheduled, and we were like, hey, I wonder who Alabama. We you know we've already got some good teams on the docket, and that afternoon, Alabama announced that they have a series coming up with Arizona. Now, it's not until 2032, 2033, but um, still, that'll catch up to you quick. And uh, I, I thought it was – I think it's kind of cool. I'll tell you, I would prefer if I had my druthers uh, – shout out to Gene Stallings – it would be Arizona State because it's a little cooler place. Tucson is very difficult to get to. Um, but I, I know the Greg Byrne connection, and maybe Greg Byrne will still be here, God willing, and the creek don't rise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no, no, no coincidence that Greg Byrne was the AD at Arizona before he came to Alabama. Now we're playing him in football. I mean, that's all born from relationships that that he that you have in the business. And uh, I think it's cool. You know, the weird thing is we were discussing it, and I don't remember whether we mentioned Arizona or not. We probably didn't. It's so, but I, I remember saying you know, that I thought it'd be cool to play a random power five. I remember mentioning Purdue and you're like, no, 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 I've been to Purdue. Let's not do that. <laughs> but, but uh, it's a power five. They have some level of history. Who knows? They might be fantastic in 2032. They, they could be, they've been really good before, but it's a power five team from a, from a power five league. It's an interesting road trip because probably not too many people in Alabama schedule vacations to the Arizona desert. So it's just sort of a, a, a cool spot and it'll be cool when they come to campus and the Arizona fans get to see Tuscaloosa. So, uh, no, I, I like it a lot. Um, and, and obviously as far as Alabama is concerned, after that Miami game next year, the neutral site games are just going the way of the Dodo bird. 
They are. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I would prefer to do it like this. I, I think, um, I think Auburn and Clemson had a good setup where it was home and home and then one neutral. Now it may work better for Auburn and Clemson because, uh, you know, they're about equidistant from Atlanta, but you know, maybe Alabama could do something like that with USC. That'd be kind of cool to, you know, do the Dallas thing and then home and home. Uh, I'd like to see that. Um, but you know, I, I still like, I'm just, I'm, Jerry Seinfeld said it best that men don't care what's on TV. They care what else is on TV. And that's how I am is that I'm, I love talking about future schedules. It's one of the reasons I love recruiting. You, you're probably the same way that it's sort of like when you, when you don't see the shark in jaws, it's more terrifying in your mind. When I don't know what a player can do at Alabama, they're better players because I can, fantasize about how good they're going to be <laughs> you know so oh. so when it's we're talking the number about, one rule it's the number one rule of being a fan is the player we haven't seen is better than the one we have i mean that's that's the number one rule that's why fans love recruiting that's why they love the draft these guys are perfect awesome perfect players until you see them play and ends up they uh, fumble the football and throw bad passes and drop passes and miss tackles just like all the thousands of players that came before them yeah, and um, that's the same way with future schedules that, you know, I'm just so excited. I mean, I should be just elated, especially after COVID, that um, we got USC coming up in Dallas. And really, my eyes are set upon, uh, you know, Miami and Atlanta, because I think that's just a cool setup. And then, uh, of course, at Texas the very next year. So, uh, I mean, it's like the, this next schedule doesn't just excite me, even though it's probably a better schedule than this schedule after it. I mean, it's just it's kind of weird how that works out. But um, Arizona, of course, being on the schedule now is interesting. Um, and the one thing that I love about this mm-hmm. is it does make it where um, Alabama's got a couple of Power Five uh, opponents in various seasons now, we play Oklahoma and Arizona at the same time. We play uh, West Virginia and Florida State, I think, in the same time. Uh, you, uh, Wisconsin and South Florida. Now, South Florida is not Power Five, but I, I think that uh, still pretty good little opponent there in terms of uh, beefing up your schedule. And it, it goes to show now how uh, scheduling is changing. I mean, it's not about being undefeated, although I, you know, everybody wants to be undefeated. Um, I think we're about to see a change and, and maybe especially now due to all this shutdown where the, the whole landscape of college football could change because people may reevaluate what, what uh, college football is all about. That's right. That's right. And uh, it, it's awesome to have a Nick Saban, you know, and I know Greg Byrne has, has a lot to do with the scheduling of course, and, and with input from Saban. But Saban is just so smart about the big picture, the direction of the game. I have no doubt. I hope he doesn't do this, but I think there's increasing talk that one day there'll be a president of NCAA sport or a czar that's just in charge of the NCAA sports in the exact same way uh, the commissioners are in charge of Major League Baseball and the NBA and NFL. And Saban is just the ideal guy to do that because he's just so smart about that sort of stuff. But I don't want to see it happen because I want to see him continue to be the head football coach at Alabama. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody ever likes to think about Nick Saban retiring. Right. I mean, that's not, but he's a cyborg as we've said, and um, he may be here. Uh, Who knows? Arizona may not be a state by the time uh, the game rolls around. I mean, you know, we don't know. 
Um, they're a pretty good little football team. Uh, right now, it's, uh, it's Sumlin, right? Sumlin's still the guy there? There is. Uh, that's a good question. Who has a better chance of being the head coach of their current school when they when Alabama meets Arizona? Is it Sumlin or Saban? And despite the fact that Nick Saban probably has a 20 or 25-year head start on him, I'm going to say it's Nick Saban. <laughs> I say it's Saban, too, although Saban will literally be – 80 or 81 I think uh he'll be like 81 when that game happens 81 or 82 years old and I, I agree that Nick stands a better chance of still being the head coach <laughs> in Alabama because uh, he'll be the youngest 81 82 year old anyone's ever seen but uh no overwhelming odds no no Sumlin no Saban in that one it'll simply be uh let's go let's go Dabo versus Teddy Bruschi is Bruski still alive? Did I accidentally? Is Bruski alive? Did he have some sort of accident? Teddy, I'll Google it. I mean, you keep Let's talking. Google I'll Google it. Let's Google it really quick because I may have committed the worst podcast faux pas projecting someone to be a head coach who is actually dead. <clears throat> well, let me tell you, you know, in our sports splits, uh, it looks like he's still alive. He's oh, good news. Good news, Teddy Bruski, yeah. you're alive. Um, and he always spells it with one D. Did you know that? One D. Yeah, T-E-D-Y. Oh, uh, I think I did know that. Yeah, I think Wait. I did know that. I mean, we, if I we, just had to spell it out, uh, I think I would know to do one. I think so. Bruski's B-R-U-S-C-H-I, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but, I don't uh, even know that he's in coaching, but it, uh, he was just like a random Arizona Wildcat I could uh, come up with. Yeah, you can't think of a lot of Arizona Wildcats, there's no doubt about it. But you can think of a lot of great flavors for Built Bar, Jimmy. Built Bar, oh, yeah. go check them out, builtbar.com, unbelievable taste, it's fully satisfying. You could really have one for breakfast and really have one for lunch, eat yourself a light dinner. Before you know it, you're fitting back in your pants again, you're going out to the beach, you're getting looks, it's all good, um, you're thinking about uh, changing your relationship and upgrading because you look so good because of the Built Bar. It's, <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, Built Bar, it'll lead to... Uh, more attractive mates. That's that's that ought to be their slogan. Um, but yeah, go check them that's out. A hell of a Here's slogan. Builtbar.com. Builtbar.com. Absolutely delicious stuff. Fewer carbs, and that's what everybody's going after is fewer carbs these Just days. Just try it. Just try it. Use code locked on when you're ordering. Also, want to thank all our friends at Nico Sports. NIKCOSports.com. NIKCOSports. Dot com. They've got that Tua Tungvalu football we talk about all the time. Um, and you need to go check it out. $99. We'll get you this football. It's full size, fully embossed. Got all his accolades on there. All about Tua. We all love Tua. You love Tua. I love Tua. Everybody loves Tua. It's like ice cream. So go check out this $99 football. Part of the proceeds go to the Make-A-Wish Foundation for the state of Alabama. And so you can't beat that. You can beat an egg. You can beat a bush. You can't beat this deal. Nico Sports, N-I-K-C-O Sports.com. So, Jimmy, we were talking about Teddy Bruschi a second ago. And, um, yeah, I don't I don't know. Do you know any other Arizona Wildcats? I mean. Uh, Khalil Tate was recently their quarterback. <laughs> true. And he, uh, and, and, and off the top of my head, did he sign with the Eagles? Honestly, I think the Eagles are also bringing Khalil, as an undrafted free agent, I think he signed with the Eagles, which is interesting. Uh he was a good uh, a good player. Uh, they've had, I mean, they they've they've routinely had good players. Oh, uh, Troy Young, 
from uh, Mobile. I believe he transferred from there, but Troy Young yeah. was an honorable mention all Pac-12 player yeah. uh, as a sophomore from uh, at Arizona right? recently. That's exactly right. Yeah, good player. And uh, did really well. Started his freshman year and then was a honorable mention all conference player in his sophomore year. And I believe he's transferred closer to home, maybe to South or Troy or something, but uh, yeah, good I player. I think it was South, but I'm not sure about that. I called him in the state championship game. They didn't win, but uh, he, he is a good player. Yeah, when strong. I saw Mobile Christian play in person, uh, and I was aware of him being a good player, but, boy, he jumped off the field. That he, had, he had a – you're like, wow, I'm, I'm surprised half the SEC hasn't offered him. I mean, yeah. you know, he didn't come across as an Alabama, LSU, Georgia-type guy to me, but uh, I'm like – uh, where is South Carolina? Where's Kentucky? Where's Ole Miss? You know, with this guy. And and, and uh, he proved at Arizona he would have been plenty good enough to play for those teams. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about it. Yeah, recruiting is uh, going along here. I think uh, Ian Jackson has an announcement set for Thursday. Uh, even though he's ranked right around the 200 mark on the composite, uh, I consider him a high priority, uh, partly because he's better than that ranking of 200. Secondly, uh, he's an in-state player. Third, man, these Prattville kids, you know, and the programs have changed a little over the years, but, you know, if you want to find a kid who's rarely going to be a bust, it's kids from the big programs, the big successful programs. Sometimes they don't pan out and become stars as we project them to be, but they are hardly ever bad. You know what I mean? I mean, Mm -hmm. if you get a kid who's been a really good player at Hoover, Spain Park, Hewitt, Trustville, Thompson, Daphne, Prattville, Viker, Sarahland, Spanish Fork. You get a kid from there who's highly recruited. I can't, I'm, I'm never going to promise you he's going to be a star player, but, but those kids are rarely bus. You know, like, oh, ends up he wasn't any good. No, you know he's good. He's been a dominant player at a great program. So Ian Jackson's going to be good. Is he going to be an all-SEC player? Is he going to be a first-round pick? I can't tell you any of that, but. I know this. He's gonna be good, and he's gonna help you. Yeah, I think he's uh, he's certainly a big time take, and he's also something you and I talk about all the time. Is an in state guy that's really good, and um, I'd like to take him on that same note. Uh, so Ian Jackson will be committing later this week. We think it'll be Alabama. We'll obviously talk about him a little bit later on. But along those same lines about in state guys, uh, Trinity Bell. Yeah. Um, he commits to Tennessee, a big player, big guy, um, you know, kind of just an unmolded clay in terms of football, but uh, maybe better known for his basketball right now. But a lot of a lot of uh, fantastic tight ends played a lot of basketball. So um, interesting. He commits to Tennessee. Uh, so there'll be somebody that uh, Alabama takes on, obviously, on a yearly basis. And um, it'd be interesting to see if, if that comes back to haunt the tide. Yeah, I mean, I'm a Trinity Bell fan, and here, here's my thinking. And I'm not saying Alabama's wrong to not take him. I, I can't. I, I, w- I would only say that about someone who's obviously great. I think there's holes in Trinity Bell. I think he is a developmental guy. He is a project, for lack of a better term. I, I would be surprised if he is some sort of an impact player at Tennessee. I think this is a guy you have to, like you said, you have to mold him into a player. But that said, two things. I, I think Alabama needs to sign two tight ends in this group. Um, the, the two tight ends that will play the most uh, for this upcoming season, Miller Forstall and Carl Tucker, are both seniors. Uh, there is not a clear badass in the wings. Maybe Jaleel Billingsley, maybe Latu, but 
there's not a clear badass in, in, in the wings and you're losing your, your first and second guy. So I think Alabama needs to sign two tight ends. And, and to me, when you need to sign two, a great formula, well, first of all, the best formula is get two awesome badasses. But that's kind of hard to do because as soon as you get one badass, then all the other badass tight ends are going to go, well, they already signed a badass at my spot. And, and, and it's hard to get two at one position. So, you know, the next best thing other than two badasses is to sign the badass. And maybe that's Fedone from Iowa. Maybe it's Hunter Wolf from Tennessee. He's your badass. He's the guy as a freshman you think could come in and contend for a starting spot potentially because he's that good. And then who's the second one? You add a more lightly recruited guy, but a guy with high upside. Like, well, not everybody's recruiting him, and he's in state, so we can get him. And his ceiling is fantastic. He could prove to be the best tight end in the country, perhaps. But if you get him to campus and he's never any good, well, you already signed a good one. So to me, Trinity Bell would have been a great second tight end. But I don't criticize Alabama for uh, for passing on him. And I guess Hudson Wolf is maybe the number one target. Is that who you think? I'll, all along, I've been saying Hudson Wolf, and and that's who I've projected all along that it would be Hudson Wolf because he likes Alabama. But the late word has him uh, enamored with Ohio State lately, and uh, I don't even know that you'd say Alabama's the favorite for him anymore. It might be Ohio State. Certainly shows how good of a player he is, uh, and that he's underranked. I mean, he, he, here's a tight end from Tennessee who's not even considering staying in state because Tennessee hasn't been very good. <laughs> but, but who is he considering? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the number one and two or two of the top three programs in college football. Uh, so Hudson Wolf's obviously a really good player. Um, a lot of Ohio State talk with him lately. It had been Alabama early. We'll see. Alabama's, I don't know if catching fire is the right word, but a guy ranked higher than Hunter Wolf is Thomas Fedone from Iowa, who's a similar player to Wolf, but maybe even a little more athletic. Um, Fedone is strongly considering Alabama, uh, though, you know, not the easiest guy to sign based on geography. Um, okay, Jimmy, let's go ahead and uh, take a break real quick. When we come back, we're going to finish up some talk with more recruiting. So some more recruiting stuff out there, Jimmy. Um, first of all, just Alabama ended up in the top four of Brian Thomas Jr., the wide receiver out of Louisiana. Uh, Alabama time. also in the final group of James Brockemeyer, which you have to assume Big time. equals uh, Tommy Brockemeyer as well. Big time. And then Miller Moss, um, one, Big of the, time. one of the better quarterbacks in this class. He reclassified, right? Uh, he was, I don't know that he ever did that. I'm not sure. I don't think so. I think he was considering it. I, I, I don't, I don't think he pulled the trigger on that, but I can't be hundred percent sure about that. Um, I know there was talk of it at one point, but in his commitment announcement, you know, announcing he's going to be committing soon. Uh, I think he's still listed as class of 21 and not class of 20. If it's class of 20. I don't know that we could take him. No, no, <laughs> we're, no. Sorting, well, I mean we're sorting. We're sorting. I thought he was supposed to be class of 22, but now he's class no, no. of 21. Is that no, wrong? he was class of 21 discussing going ahead and graduating right okay. now. Okay. Because apparently he's got the academics to do it or, or come close to that. And uh, no, he was talking about reclassifying from 21 to 20. Uh, I don't got think it. Alabama could have taken him in that sense. I think Alabama's full up uh, both in terms of number of signees in the 20 class 
and total number of scholarships at 85. So uh, he'd have been out of luck if Alabama was his choice. I don't really know where Alabama sits with him. As a matter of fact, uh, if it forced to bet, uh, I, I'm going to say UCLA with Miller Moss, if forced to bet. But uh, I, I don't really have a strong feeling one way or another. I know Alabama would like to have him. He's, he's a national top five quarterback uh, in terms of uh, pro-style quarterbacks. Yeah, um, but it seems like I mean a lot of people saying Alabama's in a really good position for him, and certainly yeah, could be. Yeah, could that be. Would be great. I don't rule it out. I don't rule it out. I'm just saying this is what I looked at. He's got four finalists, right? USC, UCLA, Alabama, LSU. Well, USC's already got a kid. Uh, LSU's already got Nussmeyer. Um, Alabama and UCLA do not have a quarterback commitment. So I'm just looking at well, is it Alabama or is it UCLA? And the kid's from LA, so. That's that's the sole reasoning I got, which is why I would bet my my fifty cent piece on uh, UCLA, even though you know they haven't won in a while. They haven't been good in a while. On the other hand, that means he can play, and Chip Kelly would be his coach, who has a history of uh, of putting players in the NFL. Uh, but could it be Alabama? It could easily be Alabama. Um and. Brian Thomas Jr., another wide receiver. Um, uh, I mean, again, he's really electric. I like him a lot, and it'd be great if Alabama could pull him out of out of the boot. He is big time. Now, now we're talking about as good as Alabama's class would be with uh, a Jai Hall, Ja'Cory Brooks, and probably Christian Leary added first week of June. To finish it off with a fourth guy like Brian Walker, who may be better than the other three would probably constitute the best signing class in Alabama history, keeping in mind that Alabama signed Judy, Devontae Smith, and Henry Ruggs in one class. This, this, this group could be just as good. Yeah, that, he would be a, a, a super big plus. And uh, we need some receivers. You're right, we need some tight ends. I'll tell you something I've noticed, just because I like to keep up with the, 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 our enemies. Um, Auburn's recruiting like 32 tight ends. I think they're going to sign all tight ends. <laughs> have you noticed I that? that? I have. I didn't. I, I haven't necessarily noticed that. I mean, there's a lot of talk in the NFL about that because the Chicago Bears <laughs> drafted two or three more tight ends, and it gives them like a total of nine on the roster. Oh, that's right. Their yeah. fans are all upset about it, but uh, that's kind of funny, you know. Kids that play tight end or tend to be versatile and can play a few spots. Um, I find it odd. I, I notice Auburn was stocking up on linemen. They're very likely to get another one this week with the kid Alabama was involved with, Jaden Roberts an enormous guard from Houston who played with Damian George at North Shore. Uh, I think Roberts is going to Auburn. Alabama's just doesn't feel like, like we're in a position to take him right now. I think that's a, a really hard decision in to, for Alabama in a couple ways. Number one, he's not a slam dunk, even ranked around 138, I think, nationally, which is, means you're really good, and he is really good. But he's not – a guy impossible to pass on, uh, you know, where he's ranked. And, you know, I'm the one who rarely likes these super jumbo size players because there's always the chance they'll show up and never contribute uh, just due to size alone. Um, but on the other hand, I think Alabama needs to sign four or even five offensive linemen in this group. Are we really saying we're going to sign five guys better than him? I mean, I get that our first two or three guys will be better, 
But but to say that oh well we'll, we'll get five guys better than him I, I, that's that's a bit of a stretch for me. But as usual, I have a one hundred percent confidence in uh, in Nick Saban. Yeah, I think that's uh, at this point he's earned it, Jimmy. I'll just be honest with you. <laughs> he's earned some rope. He's earned some rope. All right, he's buddy. Done, well, he's done pretty well with it. Let's uh, we'll wrap this one up right here. We will be back with another podcast to my rooms. Uh, we'll have some more information for you guys. I hope everybody had a great Memorial weekend and uh, roll tide, everybody. Roll tide.